Now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different, but it is one of our fun commentaries. This is March 2017's commentary track uh, for, in honor of its 30th anniversary, Lethal Weapon. The Richard Donner, Shane Black scripted, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover action classic, uh, f- further defining the buddy movie. So uh, many buddy buddy cop movies, I would say, movie. following uh, Forty Eight Hours. And um, yeah, let's get into it, guys. This is what we're gonna do a commentary for. And um, joining us for this this month's commentary, we have from Wise to Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast. He's not trying to draw a psycho pension. He really is crazy. It's Brandon Peters. Hello. And from, <laughs> and from the Nothing on, Nothing's On podcast and the DCTV podcast, he's never going to be too old for this shit. It's Mr. Jim Dietz. I literally am too old for this, though. <laughs> I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. What? Oh, no, I wear my age probably. Old um, man Dietzy over at here. Least I'm not sitting on a toilet rig to explode. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> That's, what year's, Next what, time. What on... year's two? Is that 89? What's year's two? Yeah, I think it's, it's Wait, yeah. there's a second one? I know, right? That was crazy. <laughs> was I know. It's not 90, so it has to be. 89 was crazy. 89, 3 was 93, yeah. 90... and 4 was 98. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And now there's a TV series. Yeah. And 5, was, talk, five yeah. was talked about for like 12 years. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about all of that right now with this commentary track. So how these things <laughs> all work, if you're not already aware, basically... A, Brandon, Jim, and I all have the movie paused currently at 13 seconds in, and if you're following along with us, you can do that too, and we will all uh, start playing it. I'm going to count down from three, and we'll all press play, and we'll just start talking over the movie. Obviously, the movie will be on mute, so we can, you know, you can hear us and not illegally listen to a movie over a podcast, and uh, <laughs> as we're talking, you can just listen along. If you're not following the movie, you're just listening to us, good on you. Enjoy. I hope your drive goes well as you listen to us, and uh, we're uh, just going to get this thing going. We're just going to talk about the movie and whatever else comes up, so... You guys ready? Let's do it. All right. On the countdown from three. Three, two, one, go. And uh, I can't remember the last time I watched this in full. Like, this is a – Lethal Weapon's, like, a great TV movie, right? This whole series is, I would say. Like, as, I far, think so too. as far as, like, a movie that comes on TBS or whatever, and you're just like, yeah, I can leave this on. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. It, it has other merits, of course, as well. But it, it certainly it seems like it's one of the def- for me as far as growing up, it seems like one of the defining like this is on. I could probably watch it because it's funny. It has action. Doesn't require necessarily too much thought. Although there's plenty of thought to put into it. But that's kind of the these, yeah. These look like uh, freeze frame Superman credits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Classic Donner. Yeah. Awesome 3D. I should note that we are talking about this movie on its 30th anniversary. You should note that it is regarded as a Christmas movie, yet this movie apparently, as you might realize, thinking about the date that we're talking about this on, it's March! <laughs> so this was a March movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a March a Shane Black movie. tradition. I think pretty much all of his movies are Christmas movies, aren't they? Yeah, right. despite not necessarily coming out at Christmas. Yeah. Right. He's and, 19 and years old when he sold the script, right? I mean, Iron Man 3 came out in the early spring, and that was mm-hmm. a Christmas movie. I think that was the last big Shane Black movie. Well, there's nice guys. 
Nice oh, guys nice looking guys summer movie. Right. That was just that was a May May release. Was that a Christmas awesome. movie though? Oh. That one, no, that one didn't have. There any wasn't any Christmas real Christmas in, in there. No, no, no. Kiss, kiss, that kiss, kiss, bang, and the environment. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang came out like a re- like early December, late November, maybe mm-hmm. I think. Eric Clapton made music for this movie. Of course he did. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, totally you, you, you don't think Lethal Weapon and think, wow, Eric Clapton? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but he's not responsible for the terrible music video that's on this Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like this shot. It's great. That's a yeah, it's a great helicopter shot because it goes right to the the character about to see die. So. <laughs> Spoiler alert! And Sorry. you know it's funny while Lethal Weapon like it's got its own sequels, but to this first film and stuff, you, you could honestly find like you could have like a thematic or spiritual sequels type thing if you put like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, like Nice Guys, like uh-huh. all these movies definitely feel like brethren to one another. With the Shane Black cannon. They do. And uh, I've talked before how I, I'm surprised more people don't confuse Die Hard and with Shane Black. Like, I feel like that it seems like, because they all, it has its own level of wit to it, which I, which I think some people would confuse with, you know, Lethal Weapon, like, all coming around the same time. But they are both, mm-hmm. they're all both Joel, they're all Joel Silver productions. And there's certainly a, regardless they deal of... deal with Joel Silver uh type things like this coke and welcome to the 80s (laughs) (laughs) well they yeah that's what i'm saying they have a kind of aesthetic to them where this 80s action movie feels like a brand of its own which sticks Mm -hmm. here like and it's it's effective because this movie holds up i think quite well as far as an action movie goes like it like it's visceral it's exciting but it's also funny it has its own like i said level of wit to it like i think there's some very well done things here as far as making it work beyond just the time frame that it stands in opposed to some other like something like the Rambo movies for example feel very much quintessentially 80s this one right. is certainly set in the 80s but it it doesn't feel you know dated necessarily besides the hair and costume. I think it's, it's aged well in a sense that some of the stuff that uh, maybe we we didn't laugh at back then becomes a little bit humorous now but adds uh-huh. to the movie rather than just being like oh that's so dated it kind of fits that mold because you know, these 80s action movies became, like, a, a, a genre of their own with a, a checklist of tropes and things like that, which Lethal Weapon was, you know, part of the pioneers of inventing them going back. Like, Mel Gibson's character could be a little bit uh, – all the dark stuff with him could be a bit comical now as opposed to what it was back then. There was even a whole – I mean, National Lampoon even did Loaded Weapon making yeah, a whole yeah. concept, yeah. you know? There's a there's a, such a trope, you know. There's an in joke to this woman who just committed suicide by jumping off of a building, um, which is that Richard Donner's director credit comes up right after it happens, which yeah, is a reference, just... which is which is a reference to um, the fact that he's had women falling off of buildings in previous movies, The Omen and Superman the Movie. Uh, <laughs> I see. Uh, so it's like nice. he pulled off the hat trick here by having another one and then putting his director credit right after it. <laughs> He's like the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of directors. There. Exactly. That's what they call him. They call him Texas Chainsaw Donner. That's what they say. <laughs> Here we go. Introduction to yeah, Danny Glover. He's naked in his bathtub and his kids burst in the door. <laughs> and he's not He's not sad by this. He's like, yep. He's another... not trying to cover anything up. He's Danny Glover. He's a proud man. He just, he's coming out color purple. Like, what, what's he have to hide? <laughs> Look at that beard, by the, the way. He'll shave yeah. that beard faster than Iron Fist. It's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> he'll wear shoes all the time too like a man yeah. <laughs> and, um, he gets out he's like i'm gonna grab you and put you in the tub how about that invaded yeah. by bath time also he's a grown he's a grown man who's taking a bath in the morning what's going on here he's gotta go to work right. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> 
Once his again, birthday. Come on, man. Anything. It's his birthday. He's got a soak. He's old. He's old. He's got a soak? Yeah, it's yeah, his birthday. You know, like... Come on. I like that that, that this like a meet like because his his daughter like you know says why well, he doesn't look old or whatever, and so immediately leaves to him like yeah yeah it's like well got to shave that beard <laughs> he does it. Yeah. Also, Danny Glover, who you know he's known for like one of his catchphrases become up too old for this shit. He's only forty in this movie. He's only forty in this film. He's playing fifty, so it's like. I was thinking. I think of him in the same way I think of like Max von Sydow. It's like, how old are these guys? Where they played much older than they seem to actually be. Like, well, Gibson's playing thirty-eight, and he's only thirty when they're shooting this film. Mm-hmm. And he does not look weathered by any, any <laughs> means. He looks like Mel Gibson at this age. Look, somebody's smoking in a movie. I know. Heard of him. <laughs> and he looks also, really. I love he had the '80s saxophone in here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Upgraded R. And look how depressed he looks with his like sculpted body and tan. He like, looks so depressed about his wife committing suicide or dying in the car crack, car accident. Oh, what was it? I, I watched I watched something recently. It was a period piece that was gonna have a, a lot of smoking in it. I can't remember what it was, but there was this huge anti smoking ad like right before the menu on the Blu ray. I was like, Oh yeah, because yeah. this is a period piece and it's gonna have smoking in it. I'll tell you what, uh, Robert Altman's The Long Goodbye with uh, with uh, Elliot Gould. Uh-huh. You will not find a movie with more cigarettes in it. Like, <laughs> all, like everybody smokes in the movie, and they're smoking all through big dialogue scenes. I mean, More it's... than a Kevin Smith commentary? Yes. <laughs> Elliot Gould looks like he would be one that smokes on the screen all the time. The Long Goodbye. I think he's doing it in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> that movie particularly, I mean, for some reason, yeah. everybody is smoking. It's very uh, early 70s Altman movie. Also, just recommending, Long Goodbye, great film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It is a great movie. Recently, commentary? Recently, commentary? recently on Blu-ray. <laughs> he did really shave his beard off really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's, you know, it is gone. Of course it is. <laughs> and maybe it is March, or maybe, you no, know, it's Christmas, but I mean, he's wearing green. He's, you know, we just had St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, <laughs> he could be in the spirit. <laughs> We just take a moment to say that Darlene Love is a national treasure. Is that a, is that the wife? Yeah, his wife. What I like. Much as an actress, but you know. Bacon. Think, thinking about the series, it is nice that like the entire cast stayed for all of these movies. Mm-hmm. They didn't change anybody. They didn't change anybody. I mean, they just they, kept adding people. Like yeah, they added well, it, was fa- it was a family Hashi thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is predates Fast and Furious' family theme. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I mean, the, yeah, the, they'll add Joe Pesci who will stick around in the next movie, right? Yeah, in the next movie, then, then, then Rene Russo. Rene Russo. And then they bring Chris Rock for, well... well, They bring him in. But even the poster even the poster for Lethal Weapon Force tagline was, the gang's all here, because it's like, everybody's in this movie. They're back. <laughs> well, if there would have been a fifth, you know, Butters would have came along. That's what the oh, idea was. Oh, for sure, was. yeah. Chris Rock, Chris Rock, and like, you know, they, they throw it... Throw it everywhere else they can uh, bring in there. Well, there's but, Christmas theme already there. Darlene Love with the Christmas song. Oh yeah, we know it's yeah. I know it's. I mean, the movie opens with them like, with the yeah, with the lights. Yeah. She's gonna wear that to school. Not if Riggs has anything, or not if Murta has anything to do with it. It's her New Year's dress. Is she in school? Is she or she's got? <laughs> she talks about a New Year's dance, but. I think in this one she's graduating high school, maybe. Okay. Okay. I gotta look. Because they look. don't make it clear. Like I watched this in preparation. Um, well, because like in the next like, one she's like because she's like trying to be an actress, right? So like the next one she's like in the TV commercial about condoms, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which has what Jack McGee come in? It's like makes want to buy rubbers. Like his line in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, here's Murtaugh doing cop stuff. Yep. That's a nice doing bath. cop stuff. Well, I mean, it's like his, his, he's just soaked in a bath, and he's like, what am I doing? Well, I'm going to go to this murder scene. Right? That's my first duty on the job here. Well, he shaved off that beard. It looks good. You know. Yeah, it looks good. He's Danny Glover, though. You know, black don't crack. So he's still like <laughs> trading on the fame from uh, from uh, the color purple. At this yeah, point, this is right? coming like right off it. Yeah, it's like right after it. Yeah, yeah. as a Mister. <laughs> yeah, but this is a nice new side to him. Like, I... oh, definitely one eighty from that role. Yeah, that role is. Sure. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't until like, I mean, saw that. I mean, he was like a. Glover was like a you know prestige performer, and then Saw came out. It was kind of like ooh, and then the movies he was in afterwards. Well, that yeah, that's what it's more became more of like older actor takes supporting character roles and things. Yeah. Before I mean, right. prestige actor might be a little much. I mean, he was appearing in random. I don't know. Stuff I always here. thought of Danny Glover was like, it was a little bit elevated. I mean, he had the Lethal Weapon movies, and then that you know odd choice to be Predator too. But um. I don't know. I was, I was gonna say there's a prestige release, Predator Two. Well, <laughs> I mean, we can't get we can't get Arnold back, but uh, you know yeah. who would you know who'd go really good? We, we, yeah, we can't get anybody else back because they all died in the first. Movie, I mean, so. I, I see what you're saying, but I mean, he seems like a range because he's in things like what, like Angels in the Outfield and Operation Dumbo Drop and yeah. Gone Fishing, like just like a lot of random stuff, like in between. Like I, I can't, I can't name the prestige stuff that he was doing in the '90s, like. Uh. I suppose you're right. I, I, think... I, I, I mean, maybe maybe more so that he just was a, a really good performer, and then all of a sudden saw on he started giving some bad performances. Well, I, I feel like I've never seen out of him. I, I think it's like he's he fits in like where Sam Jackson is now. He fits that for the '90s, you know, okay. where, where like he's in, he's he's older and he's has this kind of level of respectability to him so like regardless of how goofy the project is switchback okay um it's still like well danny glover's here so it's like that there's there's that shows me that there's solid acting going on in this type of movie i I love how they're doing a drug deal in broad daylight at a christmas tree farm nobody shops for christmas anthony Anthony kiedis dad is one of these guys uh starting starting the trend of anthony kiedis being in (laughs) yes are you serious that actually one of his no that's okay yeah it's, it's i think it's the guy on the far right and the yeah, in the flannel. Yeah, that's the flannel, he, yeah. he. He reminds me of those of Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> and there's Flea's grandpa. I'm kidding. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just see Flea in? Oh, I saw him. In, he's in Terrence Malick's new movie. <laughs> he's in Song to Song. Like, yeah, Flea, Flea appears. I I feel like a lot of Lethal Weapon was shot on like uh, Magnolia Boulevard in Burbank. Yeah, no, it, like a lot. Of, I used to. I lived on there, and every time I've seen this movie since, I'm like, oh my god! It's like every street sequence. On Magnolia Boulevard. It, it's, Is this? I, I used to live near this Christmas tree park. It's it's. I guess it's the the roads they closed down for these shots. Yeah. I I like this stuff by the way of of showing you who Riggs is and so he's like. Because he has this level, he's that sense of humor. By the way, I'm happy to watch like Mel Gibson like in a road I can like him. Like it's like this is nice. I can see this, this Mel Gibson movie and be happy with it. But like he's doing, you know, this routine here where he's like, oh, a hundred thousand dollars, not a hundred dollars, never mind, and all that kind of. And stuff. like he just casually pulls out his badge, like you know, I'm a cop. Yeah. I'm I'm keep... I'm, I'm outnumbered here, but all right. Well, they don't keep... believe the badge. That's yeah. the I keep getting thing. distracted by the hair. Like the one guy's got the like the <laughs> curls, like that guy there, and. Yeah, there's there's a range of hair in the scene, right? Here. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, it's, it's distracting a little bit for me. I lived through the big hair days of the '80s, and I guess I never quite recovered. That guy missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> big time. Wow. Yeah. 
He was just hanging out in the back of the truck the whole time? Kind of overdid his death scene on that one. You know what could not have helped uh, Riggs anything at all right there? Rolling. That did not, like, he could have just shot the guy. He did not need to roll at all. (laughs) The only role in John Woo movies, like Sam Jackson said, SWAT, future commentary. (laughs) I love the camera work through these trees. Oh, yeah, Donner's action is great. I was like, oh, man, this is great. Where is this nowadays? It's not in 16 blocks 2 still blocking, that's for sure. 16 blocks 2. <laughs> Which, I, I love some 16 blocks. We did commentary on 16 blocks, we, didn't we? No, we, we've, talked, we we've, talked about, we've talked about it a lot because of how much we hate the fifth Die Hard movie, and I assume that we, could yes. just, we, just, we just tried to talk about that as the fifth Die Hard movie. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, we could, it's done last film, right, so far? Yeah, he hasn't, done, he hasn't done anything since, since yeah. Oh, here goes Mel Gibson going crazy. Yeah, oh. he's a cop on the edge. It ain't worth it, man. That looks like a tough guy that I've seen in other films. Yeah, he does. I feel like I've seen him at all. Yeah, it looks like the FBI guy in Sons of the Lambs. You know, one of the training academy guys. Oh, yeah. He's probably like a stunt coordinator that they're okay with, like, giving lines in movies. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's done it so often. The last time I saw Richard Donner, I think, was at, like, a WonderCon thing for Superman, like, the anniversary of Superman 2, and he did, like, a... He, okay. he wasn't even at it. He just kind of fil- he filmed a video from his office talking about how great it was for him to be able to make that cut and everything. I know he went... He visited the set of X-Men Origins Wolverine, right? Yeah, to, to handle... Yeah. To, to, to get, a, well, get a control on Gavin Hood versus the producers. Right. The other producers. Because uh, Laura Shulward Donner, his, uh, his wife, she's, she's a producer on all the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. See? Pre-mullet. Boom. Pre-mullet. Here goes Riggs, drowning in his own sorrows, loading a gun. I'm happy saying this is probably the best Riggs hair of the films. I mean, he, yeah. he, it's like slightly longer in two, then it's full-on mullet in three, and then he you know, goes crew cut like in uh, four. Typical Gibson. Typical, Yeah, like typical four. 90s Gibson in four, like late 90s yeah. Gibson. Which is, that's fine, but I think this is the perfect balance of that hair, right? Well, it's crazy. And then there's, like, towards uh, towards the end where you can tell, like, oh, he's using shampoo now. Yeah, he's not, he's not, a, like a, he's not a dirty vagrant anymore. Take that, Danny Rand. <laughs> Let's just make fun of Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. Iron Fist commentary over the movie. Yeah, I have another TV playing it. Just to help me get through it. Three episodes in, and I am taking my time. Yeah, I just finished it. Colleen Wing was my favorite thing. That's so far mine, yeah. You know, as far as Dick Donner goes, I, I mean, it, he, uh, I, it would be nice to see if Richard Donner could still, you know, make another film. How, how old is he now? He's got to be... He's 86. He's born in yeah. 1930, he's 80, so yeah, he's 86. Yeah, he's, he's, he's 86 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That is quite uh, up there. He'll be 87 in April, which would be the same year as this movie came out. So there you go. <laughs> but um, Extra trivia for you on this commentary. But, like, I, I mean, 16 Blocks isn't, like, the worst movie to go out on. But, you know, it'd be nice to get another really, really good Dick Donner movie. I mean, it was also, I mean, 16 Blocks was, like, 11 years ago. Yeah, 2006. Yeah, so it was, like. Plus, he, he has such a really good uh, way of shooting action and, uh. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, keeping it lighter, you know what I mean. Well, he just fits not, in that yeah. like John McTiernan, really, really good style for that kind of movie. He, you know, what I mean, yeah, he, fit, he fits with those guys, the older like that crew, John John McTiernan and what like Andrew Davis, like guys that like yeah. made these big yeah, yeah. these explosive action movies that 
really you know gave you the sense of scale and scope of what's going on around it and not 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 you know the modern stuff which is hit or miss depending on how devoted the directors are to that like well a lot of you know the modern guys well some of them we might be better than we we even know it's just their editors end up being terrible too that's uh, well plus i mean mcturnan i know donner for for a fact like cut his teeth on early like 60s and 70s tv yeah so you you learn all the economy of storytelling and and that all all that there you know because I mean a lot of that stuff the production costs were always low and the production times were always quick you know so which is why which is why Shane I mean Shane Black's only directed so many films but like it's neat it's neat to see him you know getting into films more as far as a director goes where you know it's been some we had Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys and Iron Man three and now he's doing a Predator movie it's like I can't wait to see what his Predator movie looks like because him he's... and uh, yeah. Fred Fred Decker collaborating yeah yeah exactly that, that's exciting I like Fred Decker bring back the Monster Squad but uh yeah get yeah. get a get a get a new movie that really and like Predators as much as I deride that movie for various reasons the direction from Nimrod <laughs> Antal who I, I who I think it actually does fit in like in line with those directors he's kind of he has this kind of uh, efficiency in his direction that I, li- I like and like <laughs> things like that and armored like they're they're not necessarily great movies but they're efficiently directed they feel well they're they're well handled for what they're trying to do without like over over complicating the shots or anything like that here's a what, what's her name mary she passed away she passed away yeah mary what mary something trainer um she's the mom in monster squad yep and the and goonies Mary Mary Ellen Trainer. Mary Ellen Trainer. Yeah, yeah, Mary Ellen Trainer. Yeah. In this one, she just plays what, like, like, uh, it's like uh, cop psychologist or psychiatrist or something. Then she yeah, spends... her her title in IMDb is psychologist. And then, like, in the later movie, she gets a name over time. She's sort of halfway through that door to the men's room. She could just totally barge in and keep talking to that guy. And she was in uh oh, she's in the first Die Hard. Yeah, right? she's one of the news anchors along with um, okay. what's his name? Will Will um. Atherton. <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's a lot of like players you see, like that. Like there's the one, um, there's the one like henchman, the Asian henchman who pops up in like a lot of things. Who's in this movie <laughs> and Die Hard? Mm-hmm. With like the Fu Manchu mustache. <laughs> oh yeah, oh he was in like everything. Yeah, he's like, all over the place back in the day. There was like only one Asian henchman back in like the 80s and early yeah, 90s. And, like, I would agree. He got he was so busy. There's, There's Agent, Johnson. Agent Johnson. Agent, Agent Johnson. All the work. I'm surprised Robert Davi's not going to pop up somewhere here. Right. He probably auditioned for the Gary Busey parts. <laughs> I know Don, Don Gordon's in this too. I'm keeping an eye out for him. Mm-hmm. Character actors are plenty. Yeah, and I think it's because Richard Donner has a good reputation. You know, he works probably works well with actors. I think that's why he's able to get like great casts in his movies. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't work well with foreign producers owning American comic book properties. That's about the only <laughs> yeah. problem he's had. That's, yeah. <laughs> I like, like it. This is a neat scene as far as like it's showing Murtaugh's skills as far as how he can like detect things with his Murtaugh vision, which I like to call it. I've never, <laughs> I've never called it that before. But it's also showing like Riggs's kind of carefree attitude. It's you know the the way they meet is you know, it's a fun meeting. Although <laughs> why is he pulling out a gun <laughs> like in the middle of the? <laughs> I know it's his desk, but. You know. I like I like the idea that Murtaugh's trying to have a hero moment and he just gets flipped over by the guy he's trying to stop. Right. <laughs> there he goes. Q the saxophone. Well, I, I, I love the look on Rick's, Rick's face where he's like, Rick's like, where? Yeah, yeah, Rick. Yeah. It's like, gun, where? 
here's a question for you guys as we're getting into this. Is is this your favorite Lethal Weapon movie of the of the, the movies? I think so. Yeah. That's mostly because mm. it's like, oh, the first one and everything's being established and it feels a little bit... I've seen it more times than the other ones. I, it's a series I rather enjoy pretty much. I, I, I guess, you know, people don't like four, but I was, I was fine with I it. I like four more than three, honestly. I, I enjoyed that, uh, car chase in four with the, the Grand Am. Oh, the, and the, the, the action is the, four is amazing. Like that, that, that entire yeah. car chase, even the, how, oh, yeah. regardless of how ridiculous it is, is yeah, regardless of how ridiculous it is, that opening, like, fight flamethrower guy sequence awesome. is pretty amazing. Like, I haven't seen that before in a movie. Like. It's the only living proof of uh, Gary Sharon singing for Van Halen. Uh, <laughs> <still> <laughs> I remember that. And that was like the trailer, too, which was an awesome trailer. I was like, why would I yeah. not want to see this movie? It looks hilarious and awesome at the same time. <laughs> like, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. Though, Mel Gibson was like the king of like the like trailer action pose shot. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like he, could, he could point a gun in some of the most badass ways. You ever I, see that? I, might be one of his better strengths as an action hero but like he could he could put a gun pretty effective because well, he has that look in his eye one thing yeah. for one thing he's mad max so i mean come on but like yeah, yeah he, he he really what do we do oh, not acting well it's funny because like as much as i like kurt russell i wouldn't necessarily say he's a guy off a gun where i'm like yeah it's more of like i just want to see kurt russell like i don't need to have him holding a gun right. necessarily yeah. mel gibson looks you know he looks cool with a gun in his hand like i think it really works for him also, the lighting in this shot is, is really well done. There's, like, one light source coming from the back while they're talking in this parking lot. Well, that's what, I mean... And they're this... shooting it over the shoulder, too, which was yeah. cool. I think that... And we'll get, I want to get back to the other stuff I was just talking about. But, I mean, that's what I think works about di- the direction in this film. Like, there's... It is a... It's ostensibly an action comedy, but there's a lot of... Ne- right, here we go. There's a lot of neo... <laughs> there's a lot of neo-noir in here. The way yeah. the interiors are lit. The way we... You know, we... The way this... I mean, it's a, it's a detective story. It just happens to involve two cops instead of one. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things here that Shane Black really does a great job of handling as far as, you know, melding together different genres. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, most of his are noir stories with, you know, essentially two cops instead of one. They might not be a cop, yeah. but they're in that gumshoe private eye type role mm-hmm. and they Mitch pair Ryan. up with a cop with someone yeah Mitchell, Mitch, Ryan. Mitch Ryan yeah and, Mitch Ryan shows up now and Gary Busey is Mr. Joshua Dharma and Greg's Dharma's uh, dad yep that's the way that's what we all like to remember him for most that's, <laughs> that's what I remember <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> he's always in, in film he's always you know it's like yep he's probably in on it doing it or whatever, and he had us all fooled in Gross Point Blank till the very end. That... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tend to, yeah, because Gross Point Blank's, you know, my favorite movie, so I tend to think of it from there, and I think, think of John Cusack being like a hitman, and he's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And he was the, uh, the uh, man in black in the Halloween movies with the Curse of the Thorn. Who Dr. could forget? Yeah. Dr. Wynn in uh, Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that's what, yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, share, share the screen with Paul Rudd's debut performance. Oh, boy. I'm sure he's proud of that. Paul Stephen Rudd. Yep. <laughs> Paul Stephen Rudd. Here goes Mr. Joshua testing out his arm. Mr. Joshua. Mr. Joshua. Get oh, that checked man. out, Mr. Joshua. Mr. Joshua. <laughs> what is Peter Paris doing in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that Gary Busey did this for real because he's that, he's that intense. That, yeah. <laughs> The uh, the um the so, game hit. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
So this proves your your uh, your man's an idiot or what? Like, I don't know. What it proves is. somebody read G. Gordon Liddy's book Will because that's what he does in in that book, and that was like a big thing in the late seventies, early eighties. He was able to hold a lighter under his hand and you know will himself not to feel the pain. So mm. I think that's where they got that. Uh, if you ever play the uh, the uh, new video game Hitman, uh, they have these things called elusive targets, which are limited time targets that you can go after in the game uh, huh. as an assassin. And one of them about a month ago was Gary Busey, voiced oh, by Gary, Gary Busey, Busey, and and motion captured by Gary Busey. Wow, how on earth did they land him? Man, I don't know, but it was it was really uh, it was really fun was... Uh, in the game because he's there's Tom Atkins, Tom Atkins Pride of Pittsburgh. There we go. Right at Pittsburgh, um, right there. Yeah. The man. Yeah. Is this Tom Atkins' highest profile movie? Probably. I mean, I probably, I'd imagine at the time when they're making Halloween 3 before the results of that, there's probably some kind of emphasis on I mean, this, yeah. this is obviously... Well, I mean, he was in the, the Fog and, I mean, Escape from New York and Halloween 3. So, I, I mean, I think those just because of, like, Carpenter's reputation... Like, it's like yeah. the new Carpenter film or the new Carpenter produced film or the people that brought you Halloween, like Tom Atkins yeah. in, like that kind of thing. Because, I mean, he is the star of those, or at least the star of a couple of those versus this where he's like right. the, you know, f- sixth lead. So. Yeah. Yeah, Night of the Creeps, Creep Show. He did a lot of TV, too, though. Yeah. And of course, uh, he still he still acts around here. He does um, uh, Art Rooney, the owner of the Steelers from the back in the 20th century. Uh, they have a stage play about his life, and he uh, I think he does that like three months a year, every now and again here. And he's a I don't know if he still is, but he was pretty big on the convention circuit for a while. Yeah, yeah he's a really nice guy. Turned 81 last year. 81. Still have the mustache? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw him when Still I saw him. Still rocking it? Uh, <laughs> yep. When I saw him, he did, yeah. Now, him doing lots of genre work early in his days made it, like, later, a good, you know, later career in his work getting remembered for him. Yeah. Right. As opposed to a lot of people that get, you know, smaller parts and like prestige things. Like it's it's crazy how that's come around. Well, like a... we were like we've been talking we were talking about like Gregory Hines. Like mm-hmm. people probably can name off more Tom Atkins. <laughs> yeah. Movies than well, Gregory I like Hines how this nowadays. Father is just telling this cop to kill everybody. Just just kill him. Hey, I want you to kill him. Tom Atkins has I like Tom, Tom Atkins has a great character actor face. I think that also helps. Yeah, him, yeah, he like totally. he, he fits with like Stacy Keach in that way, where they really yes. they stand up. Well, he's got that, that alcoholic, abusive father look. He could just like you just cast him looking for that role, like right there. Or snooty, uh, snooty hotel operator. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> Hot dogs. There's the there's the Wiltern. Lost Boys. The Lost Boys. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> Donner produced that film, which is why that's there. Nice. They've revamped the Wiltern since then because it looks nice these days. Lost Boys, a film with one great Rob Lowe poster, and, and that's... some of those uh, some of those buildings are not there anymore. <laughs> I'm aware of that as well. I'm loving these old cars too. Oh yeah, these like old boxes. Look at cars. all that leg room. Damn. Look at him drinking a classic. <laughs> Looking Pepsi, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's 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 from the right generation. 
oh, now I know that, that Rick doesn't like ketchup on his hot dogs. Or he, he just, just puts it in. You're not supposed to put ketchup on your hot dog. What? Oh, no. Didn't right. you listen to Dirty Harry? <laughs> My apologies. Don't tell someone from Chicago either. This movie's big on yeah, people jumping no. off buildings. Yeah, I just never <laughs> This is the second one. Now, I remember, you know, back in the day in like the 80s and stuff, there'd be like, you know, movie specials on like TV where they like show like how they did stuff. And I remember like this stunt was on like a bunch of them with uh, jumping off with the handcuffs and landing on the they, 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 that would be like a highlight. Like, coming up next, we'll show you lethal weapons, secrets to blah, blah, blah. Mm. Mel Gibson just walked up there and pushed him. <laughs> 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 but did, does anybody remember those back in the day? I do, fun. like, especially when there was a big movie coming out. Like, yeah. I remember in front of Tim Burton's Batman, there was a whole half-hour special. Right, like, Tomorrow Never Dies had one, and it was all about yeah. the motorcycle jump. I remember, actually, I do remember that one. I remember that one yeah, specifically. They, they would show. I mean, this is before you know we had viral videos. That you could just well, yeah. Nowadays it's just you know, you know YouTube a thing or like Tom Cruise is doing this crazy stunt on the thing like that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, they used to have TV specials for all that, like bloopers. There used to be blooper shows. Yep. Oh yeah. Now it's a worthless bonus feature on every. <laughs> it's not. It's a. It's a highlight to watch Benedict Cumberbatch acting a fool on the Doctor Strange Blu-ray. What are you talking about? Acting <laughs> a fool. Action. Yeah, like DMX. I mean, Dick, Dick Clark and Ed McMahon, like, literally for 20 years had that mm-hmm. show, uh, you know, bloopers and practical jokes. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's all it was. And and then on that show, they also used to have, um, like, odd commercials, you know, odd foreign commercials. That was the first time I ever saw um, the Tommy Lee Jones Japanese. Uh, yeah, the coffee stuff. The coffee. Yeah, the coffee right. stuff. Boss coffee. Boss coffee. Yep. This this guy who's, like, trying to threatening to jump off, who... I don't know what he, what he was going to do if Bell Gibson didn't get there. But this is, like, the perfect actor to put in this role. <laughs> like, the, everything about oh, yeah. his expression and like his tone. Really, yeah, and his, really over the top. His tone of voice, the, the like, the, the, the suit that he's wearing that's, like, half untucked and, like, unkempt and stuff. Like, it's just, it's like, this is a guy who's, like, snapped. And, again, I have no idea what would have happened if Riggs didn't get there. But I just, the, the casting of this role is great. <laughs> <laughs> Also, what a what a what a way to flip it is on Shane Black's part is like, what should we have Riggs do to solve the situation? Which some go up there, talk to him, handcuff him, then throw him off the building anyway. <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's a no nonsense guy. Mm-hmm. And then have, have a cigarette too. Then have him come out and be like, let's do that again. And the guy, other guy's like, he's crazy. Get me away from him. <laughs> yeah, right. It's so. This is such a like. I mean, the, because like we're slowly getting into plot stuff, but there's so many like little vignettes here that jump in before the plot really takes hold that it's fun. Like it's fun to watch this movie, which I think was why really it, trying to. It's why it plays well on TV, I think, because you have like these isolated moments like this, which are. They're character-driven like, to a point, because this is a movie, after all. But, like, you can still just kind of jump in and watch scenes like this and be like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I like, his, uh, I like his reasoning why he's handcuffing him. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, hey, look, if you want to kill yourself, then, yeah, you'll kill me too, man. This is more Kevin Spacey in The Negotiator versus Sam Jackson in The Negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Miller's also, character in uh, Best in Show. Yeah. Also, a lot, a lot of technical about being a so suicide uh, negotiator. And yeah, let me tell you the secret: they all jump, every <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I just watched. I like how I like how Murtaugh's just like, God damn it. 
it's but yeah again the, the sax the saxophone like, like is the music like perfectly timed with that too <laughs> yeah that was great let's go again there he goes <laughs> Like, so did you not look down and see that they're putting a giant inflatable mat underneath them? Or? No, that's what this threat no. instruction was for. I guess so, right? <laughs> it looked just like the street from up there. Yeah. <laughs> they kept shooting it, and they kept shooting it so you wouldn't see it. Yeah. No, it's clever. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's her, in terms of, like, seeing this movie for, like, a first time or whatever, it is a clever reveal that it's like, what? Did our character just jump off a building with this yeah. guy? <laughs> and it's only 20 minutes into the movie? Yeah. Uh, Murtaugh's overreact is a. Oh, is, I love right. this. Yeah, especially because that just things like that. But it's a revolving door. That, yeah, the things like the door doesn't close because it just goes right over, and just him yelling. He's uh he's really getting his uh, uh dramatic chops coming in right now. Well, that's what the series like. I mean, that's why I think the sequels. They, what they nail is this. Where they, I mean, obviously they're less antagonistic towards each other in the sequels, but the constantly yammering at each other while in action really pays off in the sequels, I think. I think that's why they were able to be so successful. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't answer the question, by the way, earlier. I do think this is the best of the four, but I do. But two is really good. I mean, yeah, two yeah. Really is like, two's it's surprisingly good. good as far as being a sequel to this movie, which is economically pretty perfect. That one does a lot of really good stuff. I think, if, if anything, the only flaw is that it ties... Riggs's wife's death to put directly into the plot, which is like that's a little much, but it still it still works really well as far as just. A... I like how these guys are discussing the best ways to kill it to blow <laughs> yeah. your brain down. <laughs> no, no, in your mouth. No, no, under your chin. But it's but it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. that's Jane Black for you, man. Dark humor. Mm-hmm. Oh, now that the truth is revealed. But he just had a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he just climbed up a house. building. He, he burned it <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, well. Maybe I'll have someone else to eat a hot dog with. Brandon, to your point about you know Danny Glover is kind of you know his status as an actor going through you know these films and other things what helps in the series as a whole is everyone does commit and he really commits to like i I never i'm never not believing these characters but danny glover really does lend like a level of credence to it i mean obviously gibson has this level of intensity that he brings especially to the first film but this one i mean in general the murtaugh character he is a devoted family man and a good cop and that really shines through in all four of these like you know the, the next one despite it you know there's a pivotal scene on a toilet there is a the, <laughs> the conversation they're having during that scene is really well scripted. It's I think yeah. it's, it, it is it is a highlight of that film because it's not just ridiculous that there's a bomb on the toilet, but that they have this honest conversation before they actually deal with it. And who, who wrote the second? Not Shane Black, who got yeah, really pissed off Shane about Black. it. <laughs> um, it's the I know he he's talked about it at length in a, in a Doug Lowe's movie episode. It's the same um it's the same screenwriter who who did like he did a polish on this film to add more comedy to it. And then I and I believe he also wrote the third film based off an unused draft for this film, and then the fourth film yeah. was similar as far as their, like all all like all three all the three sequels to this film I think are all like uh, they all Jeffrey Bone yeah Jeffrey Bone they all have unused elements from what the original Lethal Weapon was going to be spun off into their I own think. films if I'm not mistaken I might be read I, I think mm. I think I'm accurate on that though, but like they're basically I mean 
you know, obviously they fleshed out based on the characters and how things evolved and everything, but the kind of central premise or even subplots are all little things that came out of the first script for this movie. And yeah, Shane Black was not happy about the direction they wanted to go in the sequel, and so he left right. the project. Like, he wanted to kill off Riggs, he wanted to make it much darker, he wanted to make this film much darker, but, you know, he let this pass. Mm. Um, <laughs> and obviously it didn't work out for Shane Black, who would go on to be the highest paid screenwriter of all time, take a break, and then make really beloved cult movies. So there you go. As well as a giant Iron Man 3, which did make, like, a billion and a change, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now he's making whatever movie he wants, which is Predator, <laughs> apparently. Which is Predator, yeah, yeah his, his follow-up to Predator. <laughs> yeah, but after The Last Boy Scout, I mean, he... The the long kiss goodnight got him that like five million dollar paycheck, which was like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like no screenwriter ever accomplished that. And now some good Sam Jackson and Gina Davis. I like that movie quite a I bit. Yeah, that's a good movie. It's one of my favorite Randy Harlands. You know what they make? You know what they say about making an assumption? Makes that an ass out of you and umption. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't miss the title drop, did we? Uh no they because they haven't gone to the gun range the next time they, they get they, out of the car they haven't gone to the gun range yet right okay isn't it the gun range well he's talking about we talked about like him knowing kung fu yeah that's that's when he and then yeah. he says like we gotta register you as a well I like how he didn't whip. say kung fu he said he said you do you do the martial arts stuff like tai chi and he's like what I think that's what <laughs> I think that's like, <laughs> I think that is that is early on it's like when he's first yeah they, that's that's when they're in the garage yeah, it's why it's when you pointed out the lighting in that scene I think that's right. like around that yeah. time. That's when they establish that they don't like each other. Also, this movie moves quick. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> there's still like an hour left, but it does move at a pace, which I like, enjoy. Like, yeah. it it does. It feels like things are frequently happening. Which is, I mean, that that, that might so... that might seem like a banal statement to make, but there are eighty, there, like something like forty eight hours. That movie has a lot of breathing room where things could be happening, but it just kind of is slack. It's also incredibly racist if you watch that movie again. But it's, it but, is. You know. really, yeah. Nick Nolte yeah, does not like Eddie Murphy in that. Yeah, movie. <laughs> it, it, yeah. But um, well, I mean, I watched, I I, I recently revisited the the original Rush Hour. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, if Chris Tucker wasn't black. <laughs> oh really the, well, the lines movie would not be able to i mean oh man but he is and it's it works like, <laughs> yeah he is and it works it's like, it's like wow if, if chris tucker was just like generic white guy it would oh my gosh the stuff that now the rest of us have to put up with brent ratner <laughs> those group i mean besides three well two is I think two's more liked than it is good, but uh, but the first rush hour and Money Talks because I'll stick up for Money Talks all day. I think the movie's pretty funny. But Brett Ratner was working back then, like he was doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Oh shootout! Yeah, this is another good action scene. Oh yeah, good coverage. It's, yeah, this one's got. <laughs> So, a, lot, a lot of cocaine of, parties in this movie. God. A lot of what? Cocaine parties going on here. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of coke man. parties, is that what you said? There's hot sauce coke. on the table. <laughs> I can't put my hands up. You shot me in the leg. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. This looks like the house that was used at the beginning of the Nice Guys that the car drove through. Right. <laughs> Oh yeah, like it's all, the kids can, they're all the yeah, they're all in the hills, so I mean it, it doesn't yeah. makes little of a difference, but still it looks like the, a similar setting. Yeah. It's all the same universe. It's all good. And I, I don't think it's any coincidence that the Nice Guys opens very similar to the way that uh, this movie opens. Oh yeah, as far as dead woman out of nowhere and kind of a, neat, a noirish type scene. Yeah. 
elaborate camera work. Oh no, that guy's gonna <laughs> drown in the uh, the pool covering. Good good thing Bruce Willis isn't here to shot save him. In the chest like three times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, Bruce Willis. Could... They both go in. Bruce Willis this would not be able to handle the scene. Uh, partners, man. That guy didn't have a close-up until just then. No, like, we didn't know what his yeah. face looked like until that. Exactly. Riggs' intensity in trying to get this plastic off him was crazy. <laughs> well, there goes that lead. <laughs> That's a good line there. Well, you this is a... anybody you didn't kill. Well, I haven't killed you yet. <laughs> yep. Murtaugh calls this, calls this case closed. <laughs> he does and Rick's Rick's is like Rick's thinks there's more uh, classic elk that's, that's why he's uh, yeah classic elk but, but the audience looks at their watches and go wait they're like what it can't be over yeah exactly that's why that, that's how you know that, that uh, Murtar is losing it now did they just get like a, a hotel room just to change here or they're at the house I think they're 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 the, the guys house. Yeah, they're at the, they're the, the house, house. Oh, yeah. okay alright <laughs> that's a good look for for danny glover right there you know the the blazer sport coat with just the uh the collar shirt yeah, i'm surprised i haven't seen him play a college professor in any movie yet that's a good point or if i have I, he I looks like one uh royal tenenbaums yeah he's way i think he's like isn't he like an archaeologist, archaeologist. yeah yeah, yeah. Speaking of great roles for Danny Glover, but oh, he doesn't get enough. I mean, there's a lot of great things about Royal Tenenbaums. I think Danny Glover is really terrific in that movie, though. Oh yeah. Like every time, because he, yeah. he, him, and, I mean, that's 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 actors squaring off and being amazing. Like hit the scenes oh, between yeah. him and Gene Hackman are terrific. Gene Hackman, yeah. Like because yeah, they're like they're good. funny and did poignant. Did Gene Hackman get nominated for that movie? Nope. No. He won the no. he won the Golden Globe and did not get nominated. And then he did Welcome to Mooseport and then he disappeared. He he writes books now. He's like, I can't go out on Tenenbaums. <laughs> this this Ray Romano guy. Oh, hold on, first so he's got to do no, Ray first one, no, like, no, first he's like, huh? I read a John Grisham book in the subway the other day, so I'll do that. Run away, Jerry. And then he's like, ah, Mooseport. I want to go there. I want to go behind enemy. That's actually that's how he did get Owen Wilson the behind enemy lines job. I know that. Enemy lines. Yeah, that was like 2001. Yeah, or something 2001. Like that. John Moore, director of A Good Day to Die Hard. It was our, our one uh, attempt at uh, Owen Wilson action, action star. Well, that and Marmaduke. Marmaduke. <laughs> Marmaduke. Oh, man. Has there, has there been another Owen Wilson action movie? Uh, it was, it was... What about Shanghai Nights? Oh, oh the Shanghai, yeah. Shanghai, Shanghai, yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, I mean. Technically, those, Shanghai yeah, Nights, the number one film of all time. Is that for real? For Scott Mendelson on a, oh. one of one of his. Although he says number one football time, he did that thing the other day and he had a tie. I was like, wait a minute. I know because yeah, everyone's doing their favorite movies since they of the, every year they were born, and he has Return of the King and Shanghai Nights. <laughs> wow. It's Return of the King. That's bold. That's high praise. That's high praise. Well, it's for like each of the year that you were born. That thing. Nights. Right, Kings. right. I did it. I would do it, but that's a lot of years. I already wrote those years ago. I know. I, I, I wanted to make a dig at you when everyone was doing it. It's like, hey, remember when you wrote really extensive essays about this and everyone's just doing this in, like, <laughs> short ways now? <laughs> remember I did it before? It was, what if the person that originated, like, was reading my article recently just ran to say, that'd be awesome. But, Starsky and no, Hutch. I already have mine recorded. I Spy. 
That's an action one. I spy. Oh. He's got a tuxedo in that, I think. That's right. <laughs> I like how you're going off VHS covers you remember. Like that's your that's your that's your I spy thought right now. <laughs> By the way, I like how Danny Glover he notices that his daughter Rianne is uh, kind of checking out her rigs, and he's worried about it. Well, yeah, he just jumped off a building today. <laughs> yeah, she just watched him on the news do that. <laughs> <laughs> And the little kids do the little song. Yeah. Imitating rap music. That's what my subtitle said. <laughs> That's what it says? That's funny. <laughs> Imitating rap music. You know what? Those kids are dropping some rhymes, though. Good job on not them. beatboxing. Yeah. I like that. That's 80s beatbox, by the way. That's not... Like, it's him just going... Boop, 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 boop. Like, he's like... What is... And then Murtaugh gets in on it because they're a family. Because they're a family. They're a family, and they like doing this kind of thing. Like, my name is Roger, and I'm here to say... I like to rap the him. old school way. <laughs> Even Barty Rubble in a Fruity Pebbles commercial is rapping. I mean, I guess... I mean, right. he, we can, awesome sunglasses. We can keep talking about... I like what, about yeah, the lift. I like about Murtaugh. He's like this guy that maybe one day he was... One time long ago, he was cool and edgy, but now he's just this goofy dad, and he doesn't like have any friends. He's a little bit of... Not really a joke at the office, but, he, you know. He's got a boat, though. You realize with, with Briggs, he's got someone to share shit with, and he's maybe in a worse, or in a completely worse position than him. I think the thing that makes this movie better than the other ones for me is that in the other movies, they're already friends. You know, in yeah. this movie, they're really establishing that. And yeah. I think, you know, the And it's beyond the, stronger. what do you call this? Rap? <laughs> It's, it's yeah. beyond that. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's not the it's this is this is definitely not the like he's a white person and he's a black person like it's not that kind of stuff. It's just yeah, like totally it's it's not. that's besides the point. It's like no, we're just doing this because that's you know that's who, that's who we cast and whatever. Like and we're just getting straight into the dynamics that matter as far as their ideologies and like how where they are in their lives and that kind of thing, which is much more you know credible as far as watching a, a movie play out of two people that are becoming friends right you're really you're really right about how this movie moves because we just finished a shootout but now they're we had a, a nice little dinner scene but now they're back at work talk about the the whole entire plot of the movie yeah on the live forever on the live forever yeah <laughs> Do we see this retirement coming up in a week? Only five days from retirement. <laughs> do we see this boat? Because I know it's in four. Do we see it on the water? Is it in three? On the water at all? I don't remember. Because we constantly reference Murtaugh's boat, and like we have scenes on it. But I'm trying to remember if we actually have scenes of them on the boat in the water. Besides, because I know four, it's like them two and Joe Pesci and a shark, and the boat sinks. <laughs> so it's like the worst possible scenario. <laughs> but, uh, the Shamrock? That's the boat. That's the name he went for on this boat. <laughs> the Shamrock? Really? Yep. Is he black Irish like Bernie Mac and Charlie's Angels? <laughs> or like uh, Morgan Freeman in uh, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> And that concludes cinematic Black Irishman. Doop 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 doop. Our new segment: really short categories. <laughs> I was saying that uh, Danny Glover really does commit to this role, and I, I think that holds and that holds true throughout the movies because you have him here. 
where he, you know, you get the fact that he's a family man and he's getting older and he's and thinking he's about, a he's a, yeah, he's yeah. a father. He's the, and that plays off really well because you, I mean, we're, we're talking about this, like, you know, this cute stuff between Riggs and the daughter, but it, I mean, it serves a grand purpose because you have to rescue the daughter at the end of this movie. Uh, and it, it really, mm-hmm. it, it works because of these character dynamics are set up as, as passing or fleeting as they may seem and just this kind of simple dialogue stuff. But then you go to the second movie, and you you get like I was talking about with the toilet scene. The third movie is where like one of Riggs is or Murtaugh's like his son's friend dies, and there's like a lot of there's like gang violence going on, and so that like gets him to a, a like it really challenges him right there. Then the fourth one, it's like him taking in immigrants because of what the the illegal trade going on on the boat. Like they they provide some really interesting stuff for Murtaugh to be involved with, in addition to Riggs just like you know it, dealing. Well, in addition to Chris Rock one and Mary is. Oh well, yeah, that too, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, it, like by the way, these are two cops that just got that just got done drinking, and they're gonna let one guy drive home. They just you had a beer. a beer. He's special forces. He he's, he yeah, he was yeah, more drunk beer. without the beer. <laughs> That adds up, right? <laughs> I, I think Riggs probably has a pretty solid tolerance. Does that defense hold water? Guess. Yeah, I, I, I would think that you're right, Brandon. Does, does it, Don't be a lethal weapon. Don't actually, drink and drive. There was like probably, a... PSAs like that in the 80s. Yeah, his original introduction, it, it was a cut scene where he was like at a bar and some guys like approached him and he like beat him up and then the bartender like they offered him a bottle to never come back to the bar again. <laughs> and that was like his original introduction yeah. and they're like that's yeah, a little too much it's interesting too how they took the time to have this scene with him having dinner with his family and hanging out on the boat and like establishing their their characters and, you know just having the characters spend time with one another and become familiar with one another with us in front of the camera a lot of movies nowadays like would use shorthand for this kind of thing oh like yeah montage or yeah. they wouldn't take the time to kind of invest in these characters it would actually just be like a really quick Maybe like one minute sequence where you meet all the kids all at once, right. and then you just do it with them for the rest of the. Well, movie. that's why, and I told you guys about this uh, before we started recording. On, well, you'd on, have to hold the kids off for the shared universe. This is this, I talked about. <laughs> I talked about this before we started recording our Logan review, where I I knew based off just the opening credits where it had Eric LaSalle and Elisa uh, Neal, I was like, yep, there's going to be a black family, and they're probably going to have like some like nice scene, and then they're going to die. Like That's exactly what I thought of that. Yeah, well, that's as what soon I saw. as they were introduced in the movie, that's exactly what I that, said I, to them, my wife. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, those people should not have talked to them because they're going to die. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying literally in the open, the credits of those names appearing, yeah, no, that's how that's obvious exactly it felt to me. <laughs> yeah. When I saw Eric Sal on the screen as a credit, I was like, oh, that that's not good. <laughs> Uh-oh. Late night snack leads to evidence. I, there's, there, no, that's just how he has his porn delivered. There's, there, <laughs> in yeah. the middle of the night. Pre-internet. His wife doesn't think anything. There's, te- there's texturing to this scene that I really enjoy. Because, like, yeah. Murtaugh just got, like, this tape in the And, like, the... This feel it's this is like the most lived in scene where it's like he's he's being a cop here where he's like he's got a random he's got an anonymous package and just look look at the way he like sits down and like watch this video where it's like he's gonna cut to it it's just, it's it feels like such a natural like way of being direct yeah like he has he has the glasses yeah, he's glasses. he has yeah, but, look, hilarious. but he had, but I'm just but he has like this is but look, this is completely like the nice guys is just like all this but a comedy. But look, just the, the expression, the, the fact that he's like expressionless and he's just sitting there and it's just like, 
it just feels like such a like he's been doing this for a long time. Like I I, I read that he's not enjoying he's not enjoying it. Yeah. No, it, this is a, this is not a thing that he's like happy. But he's like okay. I, yeah, I got... it's also like his buddy's daughter or something like that, right? Well, here's one thing I like right here is that we establish she's got a sister. Mm-hmm. With just that, just this quick little. If you pay attention in the yearbook, there's uh, there's two of them, mm-hmm. and then you know uh, Tom Atkins will mention it later. Is it's just it's good story building that's not slowing yeah. things down, and you also get to read exactly who this character is. Like it's there's and saxophone music, and, and there's our long goodbye reference, I guess, for Cat waking up on him. <laughs> <laughs> our longest goodbye reference. <laughs> What what do you think Rig said to his wife in order to to do this? I'm here to give your husband his coffee. <laughs> in bed. In bed. Like, don't mind me. After the impression he made last night, being a great guy, he probably let him right in. Like Riggs, what? Yeah. Welcome, come in, have breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out with the kids for a second. I'm gonna go upstairs. <laughs> no, I'll go upstairs. Go. I'll, I'll give him the coffee. <laughs> I'll give him the coffee. No, I'll end up drinking. Oh, like, oh, I love the I, I love the the joke about Murtaugh's wife not being a good cook too. That's uh, throughout. That's pretty funny. See, now we notice. Uh, you know, Murtaugh's having an effect on Riggs. He's tucking his shirt in now. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. No, it's yeah, it's cool. Like it's good catch. It's it's really cool. Like seeing how this plays out because you have this character who's like he starts to be filmed with a hollow point bullet in his mouth, and then he's he's slowly warming up as he's bonding with this family. Like there's such a it's such a great character study. This movie mm-hmm. that happens to be this you know big action comedy. When he's like up in the morning, ready to go mm-hmm. for you know the work, and, and then it's Murtaugh who's like, oh what. I'm just wondering why Danny Glover's wearing like a suit, like a thick tweed suit coat, a sweater, a long sleeve shirt with a tie. He's a professional. He's he a professional. He's, he's old school. He's he's too old for this yeah. shit. He's still he's still got a six. He doesn't have time for special forces to be all up in his stuff. He's like, I'm I've been doing this for 50, 40 years. He's living in L.A. He's probably sweating like a hooker in church yeah. in that get up. Come on, oh, I love this. It's very thin. It's thin. <laughs> but they're like, yeah. Oh, they're already talking about Christmas dinner? Look how much they love each other. And I love how Donner lets this take, when they do this little shot competition. Oh, yeah. Okay, the, I love yeah. how he just lets it play yep. and lets it take its time. <laughs> just the look on his face. sees how precision accuracy he had in that. Yeah. <laughs> Just warming up. <laughs> this is fun stuff because I mean it, it. It's showing their skills, and you see like Danny Glover is all confident because he has his old school revolver. Mm. I love that too. Let me every... do it like a, a neck twirl. That's his move, though. It works in every movie when he comes back and does it. When he's like diplomatic immunity, just been revoked, shoots him. Yep. Boom! There it is. <laughs> That's <his> idol, man. <laughs> uh, this is a great, yeah, because it's it, the, it just, it's going so far away. away. He just goes like, yeah, all, all the way back. I just like Danny Glover just, oh, 
He just knows he's going to do it. He's squinting his eyes. He can't even, he can't even it's see It's not even him, that he does it. It's how he does it, which you see when he comes back yeah. here again. Oh. He's got these, like, psychopath eyes doing it. <laughs> yeah. Now bring the shooting range all the way back. All the way back, yep. And I like how he just takes a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at <a> happy face. <laughs> Have a nice day. Oh my god. <laughs> Go spit, Riggs. Go spit. Oh, here's a here's a trend I never got into. I never understood the the wearing the cheap 3D glasses like to just wear. If you're, if, oh yeah, I know, I know. You, you, you can blue and red. You're, things, you're like, either black kids in L.A. or Billy Zane in Back to the Future Part Two. You make it work. <laughs> yeah, either it's one in the '80s or one in the '50s. Yeah, sure. Or like Bebop and the Ninja Turtles had them. Like, right. like, it, it, it was just like you can pull it off. Was it like a, a like a movie or TV thing where they're like, oh yeah, kids do this, and then nobody really did it. If you can pull it off, something that I get out of this. Shane Black is great at writing kids. Like, every time there's a kid in his movies, I love those scenes. I mean, the nice guys had a breakout performance from the from the Ryan Gosling's daughter in that movie. Right. Iron Man 3 had the whole segment with the kid. Uh, had that, the, yeah, who was also from in Insidious. Nice guys. Kid from Insidious. Yeah, the yeah. kid from Insidious. Um, and he had, like, the cameo in the, in the first ten minutes. Uh-huh. I mean, there's... The the last Boy Scout has Bruce Willis's smart ass daughter who's just like Bruce Willis. Like there's right. There's a lot. Oh, he's got you know Monster Squads full. Monster, of kids. yeah, Monster Squads, yeah. yeah. Like, uh. like, I don't know what it is, but just the way he writes children seems authentic. Like it seems real. Like it seems like yeah, kids would be like smart Alex like this and t- faced with these kind of situations. Do it again is what they're telling this. I do like. I mean, I like the. I like the other guy's scene with that explosion, where the same thing happens, but like realistically, it'd be a horrible thing to be like. You can't just get up after an explosion like that, and, like walk back. <laughs> there she is. Was he just digging around for an explosive? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> with his bare hands. Yeah, before before the fire marshal shows up, he likes to do his work. Or like. Or like art, any kind of police officer that's required to do this kind of thing. <laughs> well, he's also really good at negotiations too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Sure. He's an all-around cop. Oh, one of those. He's one of those all-around yeah, cops. Absolutely. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna get accepted to any mil- or any any police. I, I forgot they hand out those badges. <laughs> all-around cop. <laughs> all-around cop. Yeah. Robbery, oh, homicide, guy's, narcotics. Guy's, uh, he's, he's a shooting cop. This guy's the uh, uh, the handcuff cop. <laughs> that's a now that's got trench trench coat cop. That's stand back and hold your belt buckle and nod politely, cop. Yeah. <laughs> got pullover cop. But Mel Gibson, he's he's all around. He he does it. He's, yeah, he does everything. Look at the kid on the oh, look at the kid in the back of the with the cowboy jacket on. <laughs> oh, this seems hilarious too. <laughs> Mark we talking like I'll talk to kids. <laughs> Yeah, sure. That's gonna work. He's the guy who has kids at home and can't talk to kids. Exactly. Oh, oh, little rascals. Little rascals. 
In a few years, I'll be extras in the movie Hook. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or there'll be another bad creation. Either way. <laughs> I bet you guys like GoBots. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nobody likes GoBots. GoBots are what you get when you can't afford Transformers. GoBots threw like 50000 down to have that line change from Transformers to GoBots. I feel like uh, Trench Coat Cop, like the studio note was like, this This black guy looks too close to Danny Glover. Put a trench coat on him so we can tell who's who. <laughs> 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 it trench would be coat. something like that. Too. I know, right? That's not, I mean, that's funny, but it, it's sad because it would be. Well, because he has like a vest in it. You can see he has like a vest and a tie on, just like Murtaugh does. Like, like they're dressed right. the same. Yeah. Now look at Smile Politely Cop. He's really into this scene. <laughs> Riggs is like, What well, he, are you? He was an extra. He was just happy. He's like Kurt Fuller's brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a fatter Will Arnett. There <laughs> <laughs> Less Canadian, though. APP on Big Bird. <laughs> Yellow bird, silly voice. <laughs> he was. Is he black? Was he Shane Black? But <laughs> um. There's a real tough negotiate or uh, interrogation here. Uh. Look how excited he look, uh, he is asking those questions, he's though. Getting, he's, he's getting, getting, those he's kids getting it done involved. now. He's pained. Pained? Pained. Painted. Mm. Tattoo. 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 Popeye? Popeye? Not like Popeye. <laughs> 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 he's used the references they know. Uh-oh. The fighting hellfish tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> the Neversoft logo. That's <laughs> look like the Neversoft logo, you're right. <laughs> it's time to play some Tony Hawk Pro Skater, guys. Let's get Bob Burnquist up in here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I forget. It's Mr. Joshua and Riggs. They don't know each other, right? That's not a thing. They're just having. They're, they're, no, they're, they're just both special forces. It's just like a special okay. forces. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's it's not a it's not a commando situation. But hell, the way they have that final fight, you'd think they. I did. hope it's not. They're running around a lot. They can't go commando. They chafe. Are <laughs> oh, you think all special forces know each other, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, Aaron. Don't be so. Aaron. That's incredibly rude. <laughs> Shut up, Tom Atkins is on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Big jerks. I just have a bust of Isaac Newton on the table for no reason. He put that there because he knew they were showing up. <laughs> just to impress them. I, I like the, the because we I mean we talked over the scene, but I, I like that they're friends and now he's coming down hard on him. He's like, you didn't tell me stuff. Yeah. It is it is well cast. Like I mean, we've talked about this, but I mean, it, it you you get these people that have this kind of level of presence, and so it feels like an adult film. It feels like a, it feels like a real movie. It feels like we're you know we're watching people get through like an actual story. We're seeing an actual family man have a family. We're seeing this guy who has real problems with his dead wife dealing with that. Like it's you know nowadays 
for the most part, this some of this stuff would feel very empty. It would feel like you know, very tr by the numbers. Like okay, let's get this stuff out of the way to kind of resemble some kind of reality. But here it feels like a level of reality. Like nothing feels out of the ordinary in what's going on. There's something outlandish, like people jumping off of roofs or whatnot. But it feels like a real human story being told. You need a good I mean, point even, about this. Oh, sorry. Oh. Go ahead. Well, I was just, I was just say even Tom Atkins' character, who's only in yeah. like two scenes, has plenty of depth to him and, and a real understanding of his motivations and and everything. Like it, it makes it it's solid. I think a lot of times too, when the the uh, the more supporting actors aren't is evenly matched uh, with the main actors as far as ability and level and gravitas and stuff, the lead actor can often just steamroll over a supporting role. You know. Yeah. And it, I mean, it. Absolutely. I think that's that's what that's what supported. I think some of the kind of old man action movies that we've seen recently with you know Denzel or Liam Neeson, where regardless of how good the now those aren't you know necessarily as good as this movie, but there's there's a there's a reason why audiences respond to that because there's a level of credence uh, that you can you can you can bring to those roles by having someone that has a level, you know authority to him. You can have Liam Neeson realistically talking to people in ways even though regardless of how outlandish the, situa the situation is compared to something like as much as I like the Fast and Furious movies it's not because of how realistic and human world it seems despite them taking place in a real world like the the, the actors in those movies are not like older veterans they're young guys for the most part and mm -hmm. whatnot you know people like The Rock or I mean they're, they're somewhat older but they're they're you know they're guys that fit into this generation more than guys that seem to be from a that have kind of lived life more before getting into something like this Final beverage consumed by Michael Hunsacker, eggnog. It's part of why the first Expendables movie didn't work for me because I, I feel like it had those actors in addition to like all the crazy big actors, but you had like, oh, the eggnog. Yeah. They shut the eggnog. <laughs> not straight the eggnog. I want to go straight through his chest yeah. through the. That's eggnog. what really triggers Riggs is the the eggnog spillage. That's why he's so upset. Eggnog was my wife's favorite beverage. You got off easy, you son of a bitch. Like the way he says it. <laughs> I like Riggs. Riggs's intensity here is awesome, where he reloads the gun, shoots at the helicopter. Oh, yeah. Just go, go, pat, 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 pat. Like he's still going for it. In video games still. Now, what were you saying about Expendables, Aaron? Well, I was saying it, um, the first one for the most... I mean, it has... Yeah. You have scenes with ones like with Rick, Mickey Rourke where it seems like they're trying to make a real movie out of it. And I, I think there's a – the mix of ha – the, the novelty of having all of those actors makes you think that – I mean there's a gimmick that could be played up there by having something like that happen versus having someone like Mickey Rourke giving like dramatic monologues to Sylvester Stallone and them really acting the hell out of those scenes. Which is why I didn't like, I mean, I felt it was at odds with what movie was trying to be. Like, on the one hand, you have Terry Crews blowing away a bunch of dudes with a giant gun. And on the other hand, you have this, like, really somber look at what it is to be this old action hero. And I, I wish it could con could have conflated those two things better. The sequels just kind of go, they go with the movie you kind of expected, but then it just it just yeah. feels too silly. It feels like it went too far into that to that side of things. I like the second one a little better. The no, I like the, I like the second like... one more because it's I had fun with it. The first one I was right. disappointed because I didn't have as much fun as I would have liked to have. Is the uh, second one the one with Snipes where they break out? No, that's the third one. The second one's with the second one's with Jean Claude Van Damme where he makes some kind of pun mm. about having a knife and killing a per killing 
younger Hemsworth with a knife, and then like it's, it's just nonsensical to stalk. Yes, but it's hilarious. Any movie, any movie that can kill Liam Hemsworth by the end of Act One. That's, that's a good movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the first one is just like it's, it, and I don't want to say it's like half-ass, but it's almost like it's not what you like. What anyone, even Stallone, probably wanted it to be because he couldn't get Arnold, he couldn't get Bruce, like he couldn't get all the people on board and just decide, screw it, let's make this anyway. And like you know, everyone's childhood hero, like Randy Kutra, right? Like coming to. I mean, I do. I do I think know. there's not. I mean. Right. I mean, I, I don't think any of us are MMA fans, but I do think there's an audience that was like, yeah, he's part of this. Great. I want to go see that. And it did make money. I mean, so yeah. I'm not going to deny that. But I do, I do, I, get, I, I hear what you're saying for sure. And I do, I did yeah. think it was a little half-assed because there's a lot of CG blood in that movie. The action's not very good. Right. And Rich Stallone is a good director. So that's what I was disappointed in the fact that it wasn't really a well-directed movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, it just, it, it wasn't like everything... Yeah, it wasn't all the people I wanted. It wasn't, yeah, it just, it didn't seem like it was as much fun as it could have been. But in the second one, I found a lot more of that. It, it had more. I, I, I'm not a real big fan of that series. Yeah. But... yeah. The, the lunacy, again, it went into overdrive, I think, which is, and the, and the third one's just whatever. But um, anyway, back to this movie. They just blew away Bill Gibson, and he came back because he had a vest on. Yeah. But that seems like it could have been pretty shocking for an audience watching this for the first time. You're like, did they just kill Mel right. Gibson? Because like, they're like, <laughs> right. they, well, they, they didn't just shoot him. They shotgun. They, they, yeah. Like, what did they shot you in the face? Well, this is before we see tricks like this all the time yeah. in like, in movies, you know. And usually, I mean, in movies nowadays, when somebody gets shot with Kevlar, it's like they didn't feel anything, too, you know? I mean, this, uh, there's force of the blast broken through that window. He's... If you weren't shot in the head, you probably aren't dead. Yeah. Well, like, Jim, I assume you probably saw this movie when it came out, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, do you have reactions like that for movies like this, where where it's not a cliche at that point, where you see see things like that happen? I I mean, I'm sure the first time I saw it, I I thought for a second they might have killed him or whatever, but, I mean... Yeah, it's quickly resolved, so yeah, it doesn't really give you a chance to have that much of an impact. Right. I'm just but I'm always, I'm always the... curious about that because we talk about you know the, some of these older movies things like you know like things like that John Carpenter did or what have you and you have to wonder the kind of the shock level that comes from it. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, things like that are, are, are definitely more shocking then. I mean, obviously, you know, the index of violence has gone up over the yeah. years and stuff. And I don't know. It, it just is interesting to me because now, I mean, you look at a movie like John Wick where he's got like a Kevlar Suit. trench coat yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Suit, and like yeah, he's just shrugging off bullets left and right, and then here he's wearing Kevlar, but it knocked him through a window and, you know, knocked the wind out of him, and they almost thought he was dead. So. Which I think again, it's contributed to the, the idea of this taking place in a very real world, where John yeah. Wick is a cart. It's but, a cartoon. I mean, it's a really well done cartoon, but it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, totally. Is that the is that the Home Alone house? No, no, the, no, the yeah. Home Alone house. That's way different. Looks like the Ant Man house. <laughs> The, the Murtaugh home gets it just as bad as, like, the X-Mansion, by the way. Like, every movie, this house gets demolished yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you drive a car through it in this one, they're, like, blowing up his, his addition that he's making in the second one. Or they bought the bathroom. But what am I talking about? They bought the bathroom in the second one. The bathroom, yeah. The addition, I think, is the third one. No, the, right? no, the addition is uh... the second one, because he uses the nail gun to kill a guy in the second one, too, and everything. The, the, third, the third one has the... Um, 
has like the drive-by stuff going on. That's and right. then the fourth yeah. one, they burn the damn thing down. <laughs> like, <it's>... Right. <laughs> or no, yeah, the third one they're selling because Leo gets is the he's the uh, he's the realtor in the third one, so he's selling the house. <laughs> and then the fourth one's their new house, which they burned. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mr. Mm. Joshua's got it. And they have his home phone number. Yeah. And they didn't call collect. So he's going to pay for that call. <laughs> <laughs> just like Joshua's going to pay. <laughs> the real disservice here. He has to pay for the call. <laughs> Something you had to worry about 20 years That's why ago. I don't write action scripts, guys. Because I'd have people say, like, you're going to pay for that, Joshua. Just like you're going to pay my phone bill for this call you just made me have. <laughs> And the Academy Award for Best Screenplay goes to <laughs> Eric Newworth. The MCI Factor. So we, we briefly mentioned um, Rush Hour, but this movie inspired a ton of movies. I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, 48 Hours is like the kind of, it's like the blade of the buddy cop movie universe, I would I guess. Right, but this yeah. is like... There were a couple. There was, because it was Running Scared. Running was Scared. The year before yeah, Running this. Scared. Uh, Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, which is another really fun movie if you haven't seen Ryan movie, because that one seems to get, kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, but that's a good one. You guys talked about it on the Colts and Cavalcade podcast. Which... Mm-hmm. Yep. But, um, yeah, The Lethal Weapon really became, you know, this is, as I was saying, this is like the X-Men of the buddy cop movies as far as really kicking off the kind of, let's pet, let's match people together and go wild with it. Okay, I was thinking about it too. I'm like, granted, you know, there weren't like big time franchises spun off of them, but like, it's kind of like when uh, 28 Days Later came out and then like Dawn of the Dead came out and was huge uh-huh. and probably a little more popular, but 28 Days Later was like, it was popular, but wouldn't like. Well, I think, I think, I think you call back to both of those when it comes to, you know, the changes in zombies in terms of their sprinting yeah. now instead of walking. Like, and they both came out it's like a one two punch of like sprinting zombies are a thing now. Yeah, but this you know the buddy cop thing had been you know a staple of TV for a while before yeah. this. I mean, you look at like the you know the I Spy or Starsky uh-huh. Hutch or uh-huh. you know the, the 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 cops that are like oil and water but have to work together. You know? Yeah, I mean, this is like you said, like you say, this is the X Men of it. It kind of cemented it and and elevated it, you know, to like feature film status. But I mean, it had been you know it had been done before. Yeah. But yeah, the, ver- this, the various the various partners of, of Harry it, Callahan. Yeah. You get things like, or uh, you know, Streets of San Francisco, you know, with uh, Carl Malden and, and Michael Douglas, you know, the mm-hmm. young brash, you know, cop who doesn't want to play by the rules, and the, the old cop who does everything by the book. Which Donner know. directed a couple episodes of the. Yes, yeah. he did. But yeah, you get things like Tango and Cash, Bad Boys, the yeah. Rush Hour films. Tango and Cash. Totally Tango and Cash. Mike Lowry. Which a lot, and a lot of them, and <laughs> Red Heat. A lot, a lot of them seem like, a lot of them seem like good ideas. Ready, a lot, we tried. Oh no. A lot of, Ready. a lot, yeah. A lot of them are like, you know, conceptually, you're like, now what, what would those actors be like together? And some of them work out quite well, and some of them are disasters. Yeah. Another older one before all of this, freebie in the bean. Yeah. Do you feel like this my mom is shoot, a little you know? bit not well thought out because Riggs is gonna be running across the entire desert. Really tired. He'll get there like an hour after everything's done. Exactly. (laughs) He's just like, oh, I I got lost in the desert because there's no landmarks. This is is Lethal Weapon 1, Riggs. He's not going to get tired. There's one key one I forgot. Collision Course (laughs) with Pat Morita and Jay Leno. 
Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, yes. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, oh, hey, what about what about Theodore Rex? With Whoopi, uh, Whoopi and Theodore Ford, Rex as himself? <laughs> uh, you know, T-Rex, you know. I'm in for it. But yeah, here we are. Big. Uh, this is like a giant, like, where is this? I forget what word. It's a giant, like, dry lake bed, though, where they filmed this. Out in uh, California yeah, out here? California, um... Is it uh, out in the uh, Salton it's, Sea? It's not the Salton Sea. It's somewhere similar to that, but it, no, it but it's like this is like an actual is lake it... that's dry, like it's a giant dry lake bed. <laughs> but it's a great location, like as far as <laughs> I mean, just look at this place. Like it's this giant, like white sand area. Two cars, I think, least suited to drive on a yeah, like, yeah. like, um, <laughs> a limo, a, a limo, and, and a, uh, a, a you know a Griswold special uh, uh, station. But wagon they brought it. They brought a imagine chopper. The, so yeah, imagine how slow that helicopter has to go because these cars are, can't go like 120 miles per well, hour. They're professionals, so they're handling it. Yeah, it's true. They got uh, they thought of everything. They got the air support. They got the ground support. I feel like with that aerial view, they could see Riggs, though, unless he's really well kept. That's it. What was the plan? You guys are like, what? if Riggs shoots one guy, what was the next step in this? Like, where was this going after that? They all shoot Berta, kill the daughter, and then drive away? Like, what? Well, the gyro captain is going to come and drop <laughs> the on that. <laughs> uh, what, what's his name? Um, what's that actor's name, the gyro captain? Uh, Bruce. Bruce uh, oh. God, now I have to look it up. I know his first name is Bruce. Bruce Townsell, maybe? No, no, no. no. Uh, Gyro Gabbard. Bruce Spence. Bruce Spence. Bruce Spence. Revenge of the Siths, Bruce Spence. He has a scene. Yeah. He puts those big teeth in the hat on. <laughs> At Utapau. It's like, Obi-Wan, <laughs> get out of here, Obi-Wan. <laughs> General Grievous is on the way. <laughs> Future commentary. <laughs> in a couple years before we get to that one, we'll get to it. Riggs is dead. <laughs> he got no play here. <laughs> oh man, this thing runs deep. This is another good scene, based off just the fact that he's holding a grenade and he says the line like, "If she's gonna go, she's gonna go by my rules." Which is like that's intense for a fop. Oh, he, he picked that up from Riggs though. You know the crazy thing. That's it. That... That's like a, they brought like twenty guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they pre- that, that, that's why it makes you go back to Aaron's question of like, what was the plan yeah. here? Like, well, I mean, they couldn't—they couldn't necessarily have anticipated. Like, they—they they know they're going to meet in the desert. He didn't necessarily think, well, they're probably going to bring a limo, a car, and a chopper to this meeting. <laughs> and wear Paul Schaefer sunglasses. Because I'm holding a thermal detonator. Yeah. I like Mr. Joshua's choice of dress for this scene. I know that guy's looking like super big stylish. V-neck sweater. <laughs> Guy out in front with the glasses looks like uh, Matt Frewer in the stand. Like he's all burned up or something. Uh-huh. What I'm saying, though, I believe Murtaugh here. It's like he has this grenade, and he's like, I'm going to take us all out. It's a small grenade. I don't know how much damage it's going to do. But, you know, he seems convicted about it. So. And I believe him. Yeah. Oh, the sweater Busey's got on. By, by the way, I like how Mitchell Ryan's the one they send to make sure to find if somebody's out there. <laughs> he's the key's the guy. <laughs> you have all these heavies right here, and it's like, let's get the oldest person that leads our crew to be like in charge of finding anybody potentially sniping. 
How? Oh no, the grenade! He lost it! I'll tell you what, though, those uh, the heavy chrome doors of that uh, station wagon will protect him. Oh yeah, it is a smoke bomb. I always forget to smoke grenades. <laughs> like... <laughs> well, he is getting stuff done. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised. He, he yeah. did just make a happy face and a gun. Yeah, right? like... <laughs> I want him on my Call of Duty team. I never noticed the little two blood stains on the camera lens. Oh yeah, when she was jumping around, that's kind of yeah. cool. Was that also revealed earlier that Rian just got her license to drive or something like that? She's old enough, you can tell. She's old. Okay, driving a limo. Sure. Yeah. You don't see this enough—a limo and a helicopter getting into a car chase together. <laughs> shoot him! Take the shot! Why don't you shoot? Take shoot it! Why don't you shoot? You can still shoot. If they wanted to kill you, no, they would have killed you. And Greg's father. Like, oh, I, I didn't feel your gun on my cheek till after I shot. It's just Greg's father. I swear. <laughs> you have to say Dharma and Greg's father. It's, it's Greg's, Greg's father, dad. But you know, <laughs> he's not going to do anything. It's Mini Driver's father. It's Mini Driver's father. Mini Driver's also a villain in uh, uh, Magnum Force. Yep. Yeah. Well, they're ruining the camp or the station, the station wagon. <laughs> Their family car. Poor wood grain. You think they just let her go? <laughs> Holiday yeah, they, they got her She's in the limo. They need the limo. Yeah, yeah, they do. They, they need to get. Yeah, they can't call an Uber out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's deposit, like that's forty years later. Back. No, they had Ubers in L.A. back then. <laughs> oh, they nope. did back in '89. <laughs> yeah. The old Uber. You have to call them from a landline now. <laughs> <laughs> they were called taxi. El Mirage uh, is outside of Victorville. That's where they. That's the name of yeah, the, uh, Outside of Victorville. That's a, that's a nice name for a uh, dried up lake. Yeah. It's a dry lake lake bed in the central Mojave Desert. You know, Shadow Company put on one hell of a Macbeth performance back in 86. Just want to put it together for them, you know. Okay. <laughs> The scene's still going. <laughs> she's still driving. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's trying is. to get out of there. She's, she's trying. Away. She's really. She's trying yeah. to do it. I don't understand she's what they're trying to do. They're really trying to like. Driving. Pull over. Where? Pull over. He's already pulled over. He can't pull over any farther. <laughs> Just till, till the dirt ends. This is some crazy stuff. Do you think about filming it? Yeah. The helicopter angling in front yeah. of. Yeah. Because uh, the other camera is uh, in the other helicopter. So oh, think about all like that wind that's blowing. Well, that and the, I mean, like it was hitting it on the front of the car. I had to walk all the way back. Now we get this torture stuff, which... Oh, yeah, this is always intense. Oh, yeah, this I'm never is, comfortable this is... watching this, where they, like, the sponge thing. It's like, that just looks painful. Rig... I always kept forget. I always kept thinking... I don't know, for some damn reason, I always thought this was in the, this scene was in the second one, for some is reason. Is it Tony Leon? <laughs> is it Tony Leon? No, it's not, no, it's not Tony Leon. It really? It's it's like it really no is? it's not the the actor's name is Al oh, okay. is his name he is a lung Al Young actually Al it's, Young it's Al I'm Young sorry. yeah okay. I was like Tony Leung is in this movie that's crazy oh, no, I'm sorry I got my, <laughs> Al Young I'm sorry got my Leongs missed uh, yeah, Tony's actually 
busy filming something for John Woo probably right now. He's probably filming like uh, I don't know what super no. And he's probably filming filming uh, I can't remember the not name. Not hard boiled yet. That's a couple years later. Not he's yet. Not the killer, yeah. but you know. I mean, Al Leon was in everything. Yeah, he was, he was all in over Die Hard. He was yeah. in Ted. The story. I mean, yeah, he's been in a million Stadoian movies. Probably Sorry. multiple Sorry, Die Hards. Throw him in. Yeah. yeah, he plays William Sadler in Die Hard too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does the naked Tai Chi scenes. <laughs> I keep seeing uh, com- I'm only thinking of this because of John Amos in Die Hard 2 but I keep seeing Coming to America on AMC and so they keep show- uh-huh. I keep seeing the John Amos scenes of <laughs> talking to Eddie Murphy <laughs> I feel like we're dancing he's a prince <laughs> he's got his own money you boys dress up kind of nice tonight I got a job for you <laughs> It's probably because Mel Gibson's very good at, like, man pain screams. He does that a lot in movies. (laughs) That's true. Like, he's going for it. Like, yelling, screaming, rattling around. Ah. Meanwhile, Murtaugh is like, just punch him in the face a lot. Let's <laughs> see where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a library set up for Mel Gibson, but for Dan Glover, eh, just put him in a chair. Punch him in the face. Go spit. <laughs> Here, we only have one dirty pipe to hang somebody from, so I guess we'll have to do the old punch in the chair <laughs> method. <laughs> you know, they're, they're sharing equally. Mr. Large. That's a name. <laughs> Nobody could take that. What they don't know is that he's ex-military special forces. They do know that. He they know exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess it does make sense that they kept the daughter because they can... For, for their yeah, yeah, user is torture yeah, pain. Yeah. yeah, this is an intense like third act, by the way. I mean, all of our our lead characters know, are yeah. captured and being tortured. Going, <laughs> getting pretty dark for like a light adventure buddy comedy, yeah. you know. Like like yeah. Iron Man three is just like Don Cheadle and and Tony Stark just like quipping back and forth at each other while walking around a warehouse or. The, the, I mean, do, the this also goes back to what you were saying earlier. Like, it, it really helps that you have the family interaction early on because it kind of raises the stakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, Mel Gibson just like <laughs> tied up, took a man's head into his legs and broke his neck. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're establishing that he's good with his legs right yeah. there. It'll sure. Back in the, it'll come back in the yard yeah. fight. It comes back in the in the second one. He's good with his arms because he pops his shoulder out to get out of the straight jacket. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which it, that that works so, that pays off so well in that film where where it's like we're setting up this thing and then it pays off later when he's like trapped underwater he has to do that thing again. 
Michael Kamen scores awesome in this movie, by the way. We haven't talked about that enough. Like besides the saxophone jazzy stuff, the saxophone there, there's yeah. also just the clapped yeah those are the riffs that same with like die hard they have these like iconic riffs where you're just like action starting now like that kind of thing and it's fun gets you gets you excited like all right let's get these guys on the run let's see what happens and riggs has time for a joke <laughs> typical <Yeah>. riggs <laughs> i always joke around never take anything seriously enough is this right or what Let's do what the shepherd did. Get the flock out of here. Like, where is that coming from? Yeah. <laughs> That's a joke that a nineteen-year-old would write. Like, he just got—he just got severely yeah. tortured, and he's making these jokes. Like, right away. We gotta throw that in there in an R-rated movie where we could just say "fuck," you know. Our, no, sorry. but the joke. You got the shepherd. Get the flock out of here. <laughs> the chains. The hanging chains. They were definitely an 80s thing. Listen to the music in the club. Yeah. I mean, that, club, the that looks like the club from Grand Theft Auto Vice City. <laughs> oh, so they're just playing nothing but... Um, uh, uh, I can't think of the song. They had one key song that always played in the club in Vice City. Well, this is where John Wick got inspiration. Kids of America. They're playing Kids of America in there. Right. <laughs> Whoa. Uh-huh. Yeah, this has a lot less panache than John Wick's club scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the, the techno and the beat and the neon everywhere. Yeah. This is just guys shooting people at a place with Christmas lights strung up on the ceiling. <laughs> right. I like how Riggs, you know, gets, it makes an effort to get them up, too, instead of just yelling at them to, to keep up. Yeah, He's like, he recognizes that they're a team. I like how Joshua's had costume changes in this day. Do you think that extra was surprised that he grabbed her hair? I'm sure Gary Busey just like, come on, camera guy, just did that thing. And just didn't tell anybody. Yeah, I feel like that's <laughs> what happened, too. She didn't appreciate it. So the plan was like, let's take him down to Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, it's a random place for a club. <laughs> Too hard to yeah. strip club. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like how that LA cop believes that that black man with a gun shooting at people in an open street is like, yeah, he's, pretty, he's probably badge, a cop. Though. Did he have his badge? Okay. Yeah, he showed All his right. badge. <laughs> She's like, that's a very cooperative I LAPD officer. Iconic scene there right we there go. running in the streets of yep. LA. Michael Bay would do one better by slowing it down, putting Will Smith in it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's he made a movie star. <laughs> Running down the street with his like silk shirt like flowing in the wind with what, Mark Mencia's score playing on the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fine. I just got punched a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just a little winded. <laughs> you're right that you're right, you guys are right that uh Riggs would be one would be able to cross that desert with Oh no yeah, look, cause he's running because he's running him. barefoot on asphalt that just Exactly. Look at him yeah. go. Uh, now care. we know where Iron Fist got it. He didn't get nothing from this. He, I don't see him running. I don't see him running down the streets like this with this kind of effort. Yeah. He, Danny Rand wishes he could be Riggs. Give me back my millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so now, do we have to do an Iron Fist commentary? Where all we do is talk about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
exactly. Right. This is the is this the same area where the where the climax of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang happens too? I believe, right? By the stretch of highway around here with like the bridge and everything. Damn! Oh no, he shot me in my my flamethrower. Good job. <laughs> I think this is the same bridge. It's like it's reversed as far as the way they're using it, but I wouldn't surprise where uh, Robert Downey Jr. hangs from the corpse that's in a coffin while shooting at a car coming out. <laughs> true Shane Black special right there. Oh, he's nice to those guys. He told them to get back in his car instead of shooting them and stealing. He their hasn't car. been needlessly killing anybody. He's a, he is a professional. That's true. Yeah, this is before his uh, motorcycle accident. Yeah, this is too. before Entourage. Yep. <laughs> Look at all these cars. There it is. You mind if I test <laughs> Oh. Dude. Don't you know that's Mel Gibson? Yeah. Hollywood's Mel Gibson? Oh, he's getting all feral now. He runs right back. I like that. He's like, oh, gotta run. I, I, like, no, it's like, not over. Right, well, I gotta get out of here. He, he has the energy to do it, so I guess he should Meanwhile, do it. old dirty Mitchell Ryan's still around, and there's just one man out here to he's, stop he's, him. He's That's doing right. his uh, old... There are any other cops in all of L.A. right now, except... Oh, there he goes. Glover time. It's a next, uh, next I killed a predator, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can take down Mitchell Ryan. It's a great shot, by the way. I mean, he, he really just, <laughs> look at that car crash. Oh, <laughs> ran into the cast of speed. No, I didn't do it. Back it up. <laughs> Despite his windshield being all messed up, it was a bird. <laughs> this is a, I, I mean, it's you know. That's not a good situation for anybody, but it's like a good death as far as like car swept over and there's grenades next to a fire. All right. Yep. Action villain death. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. Action villain death. Yeah. I mean, it's no shooting a racist South African guy in the face like in the second one, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> Surrounded by cocaine and grenades. He would have wanted it this way. It's <laughs> 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 This is how uh, Don Simpson went out, too. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a hooker in his... I don't book. mean to make fun of Don Simpson, the real person, Jerry Bruckheimer's co-producer many years, who was living life much larger than Jerry Bruckheimer was. Lived Moss, huh? He lived Moss. <laughs> Hospital? What are you talking about? Let's go home. Yeah, I've only been... I got beat to death and tortured yeah. and stuff. It's not like I have to go to the My hospital. wife's cooking ribs tonight. I don't want to go to the hospital. 
<laughs> you want to catch a movie of the Chinese? <laughs> yeah, Lost Boys out. This year's big hit. I like that. That Kiefer Sutherland's going places. <laughs> I got a table for us at Musso and Frank's. Yeah, it's it's just, just down Hollywood. <laughs> We get hit in an outburger after. Yeah, here we'll get we'll get we'll get on the we'll get on the one ten to the one hundred one. Get off at Hollywood Boulevard. Yes. <laughs> make a left. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, it's past Gower. Well, we'll get off around there, park, and find the find Musso and Franks. <laughs> Yeah, they go to Murtar's house because they're like, okay, I we know where this guy's gonna go, or we're just yeah, I'm sure. He probably he probably yeah. got back on the 101, went up over to the 405. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the sketch of the California. Yeah, the California. I, I think I feel like listeners love geographical LA humor. I think that, I think they really been missing out on that. These commentaries. <laughs> we need to do more LA movies, guys. That's what I'm saying. He just shot that cop in the face. God. We'll complement this with Rush Hour, where I mean. That's a fun movie where they turn on the streets that don't connect yeah, anywhere. Right, yeah, Chinatown's everywhere in rush hour. Like, it's on every street, apparently. It's huge. They take a left and are on the same street that they were just on going the ice. It's yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> rush hour is not a great L.A. movie. Is that from, like, going to, like, Man's Chinese Theater? Meanwhile, I watched, like, I was watching um, Collateral's on, which was awesome. I was like, Collateral's on right now? Great, I'm gonna watch this for like 20 minutes. The collateral's on, and it's like Jamie Foxx is going over like very specific directions. Like, I'm gonna take the 110 to to Jada Pinkett that he's like right about which route he's taking. It's like, man, like wrote down exact directions of where to go. By the way, Garabisi is a Grinch, he just like hated that movie, so he just shot the TV. What a Grinch! I like how he's rocking white shoes with dark pants now. Yeah. (laughs) Shane Black loves throwing cars through buildings. That's that's a thing he does. <laughs> <laughs> also, what the hell kind of plan was this? Where Murtaugh's like, yeah, we'll put a ha- put a car through our own. Let me go destroy my own house. <laughs> <laughs> they can just say uh, Mr. Joshua did it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Right off an insurance, get a whole new house. Yeah. And then they arrested him, put him so. in the car, and locked him away. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good line he's barbecuing his nuts on hollywood boulevard and it was hollywood boulevard like we said we're accurate yeah. we got this <laughs> i believe that strip club is still active oh man this is like the raid now it's like no guns just fist fighting this this like whole scene took like many days to film by the way because they like had so many there's, really? yeah there's like i was reading the wikipedia on this today there's like so many like different like martial arts styles they were utilizing and the shots they were doing just to get all these night shoots to get this done and with the what well, it was originally like really long too yeah it's it? still it's still long now it's no it's not they live but it's still a long fight scene <laughs> it's not they live oh they live put them on <laughs> Give him a raincoat. I like the Murtaugh logic. Was like, let let let's see where this goes. <laughs> it's, like, it's my call. Yeah, it's my I got. Call. I take responsibility. This is where Ken This is where Ken Watanabe got it for uh, Godzilla. You know, let them yes, fight. Exactly. Let them... <laughs> I like they brought a chopper in. <laughs> Just for the spotlight. Yeah. You know, he did the lighting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is like one of the most like overly cinematic, you know, like fight endings in like 
in movies. I mean, they got the the rain, but yeah. it, you know, it's from the fire hydrant. To, yeah, the hydrant. The the cho- the helicopter with the spotlight. It is a yeah. I mean, I, I was talking talking about how real this movie actually, is. and you know, this is it does divert here. As far, but it's, it's still plausible. It's just it's very over the top, but it looks great. <laughs> oh yeah. Like the POV shots yeah. too. You don't get those yeah. a lot. Like dirty handheld, yeah. Oh, he got it. He's got a weapon. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a pipe. I took my shirt off. Like, what's your end game for this, Mister Joshua? You 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 beat Riggs and then get arrested or shot? <laughs> Pretty much. Give him something. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Murtar is just like, what's going on here? Gave him a baton. Murtaugh throws him the baton! Yeah. Murtaugh throws him a gun and we end the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Don is a real journeyman director, by the way, guys. Like, look at his filmography here. You know, like, Super... The Omen, Superman, things. Superman 2, The Toy, Ladyhawk, The Goonies, Lethal Weapon, oh, yeah. Scrooged, Radio Flyer, Maverick. Like, he went all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he... He did a lot of TV too. Yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of TV, like a ton. Like, like, yeah, his credits go way back with TV. He did a lot of TV. He did the Rifleman. That show's old. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Did some Twilight Zones. Did Man from Uncle. Tales from the Crypt. Something. Three of those. He's really done a whole range of things. Cayman scores terrific here too. Just. Really nailing those. Uh oh. See, if they had something like this in, in the first Jack Reacher is pretty decent. If they if they had a, an extended thing with Jai Courtney and Tom Cruise like this, that'd be pretty. Well, that great. is the end of Jack Reacher is them fighting in the rain like this. It's not it's not yeah, as yeah. prolonged, but it's also it's it's, it's also PG thirteen. Yeah, but it just kicked the crap out of Jai Courtney, uh, <laughs> so it's like yeah, which is which is a win for, which is a win for film audiences everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You have a cop telling the other guy to, to break a suspect's neck. Yeah, right. <laughs> now they'll never know where the source came from. Gary Busey is good in this movie, by the way. We make fun of him, but he's like he is really he's very effective as this villain. As the general. As Mr. Joshua. Oh, Mr. Joshua, yeah. The general, the Dharma's Dharma's dad, or Greg's dad. This is the last, like, sane Busey movie, right? Uh, I mean, are we... No, Predator 2, he's not... Okay, hold on. Predator 2, he's not sane. He's not... not, No, yeah, I say he's out there, yeah. I mean, Point Break, he's crazy. Wait, where'd Riggs get that gun? He he pulled it out of, uh, behind him. Out of, uh... Behind who? Out of uh, out of Murtaugh's like pocket or whatever, right? But Murtaugh only carries a six shooter. Maybe he was carrying it because just he had it. Like was it? Like, uh, just could be. He's like, you know what? We'll cheat. Oh, he's just col- he's just collecting yeah. a lot of stuff. <laughs> now that no, if, any, if anything, gone. Riggs probably gave Murtaugh, Riggs probably gave Murtaugh his gun, and then he so he just had yeah. it on him. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. I'll accept it. Yeah, Predator 2 is before Point Break. So, yeah, Gary, Busey goes crazy pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it was the late 80s. He had the motorcycle accident. Yeah. He suffered brain damage. He had, like, reconstructive skull surgery and stuff. And after that, he was never quite mm-hmm. the same. Under Siege, he's pretty level-headed. 
Under yeah, Siege? Steven Seagal. He's, yeah. he's pretty, like, straightforward bad guy. Yeah, he was always, like, like a bad guy in these, uh, or, or supporting player in, like, these big action movies, but never had one, like, of him starring of Under Siege is funny, actually, because of all people, Tommy Lee Jones is, like, the loose cannon, and Gary Busey's the one in control. <laughs> like, Well, I mean, his Academy Award nomination was for his lead role in yeah, Buddy like, Holly's oh, yeah, story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. But I get what you're saying. Like, all through the 80s, he was like a henchman or the the heavy. Well, yeah, because or... this. He was so much like, like uh, Drop Zone. He's with Wesley but Snipes. Like, uh, yeah. Leading up to Leave the Weapon, though, yeah, after the, the Oscar nomination was one thing, but he really, he wasn't going anywhere. And so this movie really kind of put him back into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he got things like Predator 2. And oh, totally. Like what yeah. DC DC Cab didn't do it? <laughs> oh come on! I liked him in Silver Bullet, the Stephen King one. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that movie. I, like I don't. It's his personality that it's it's the thing that you make fun of. But as far as his presence in certain films, I mean, now he's become a parody of himself. I mean, that's where he is now. But like there there are a lot of him acting in movies when he's really trying, when he's like given direction, he's effective. Like he's effective for what their what yeah. their part requires of him. And wasn't he, he in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot? He... I'm, mis- I'm pretty sure he yes, was. Yes, he is, yeah. Was that yeah. Yep. I always it thought is... that was an underrated movie. Curly. Ch- Chimino directed that one. Yeah. R.I.P. So it's so like one of those severely underrated 70s movies. I, I think, anyway, in my opinion. Like Badlands or... Um... Trying to think of another example, but there are like a whole bunch of movies in the seventies that are kind of underrated, but are really good. I totally forgot that that Riggs had a dog until now. Yeah, even though, that, though the, even though he ran across that, the beach that, uh, in the, in the that collier. Yeah, border border, border collier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I. I their their roof decoration is missing reindeer, isn't it? You think Murtaugh's got time to put a snowman and reindeer on the top of his roof? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. This got them just tortured and stuff, man. Yeah. Kids are too young. Can't be doing this. I like that these credits are in order of appearance. I love that font. Yeah, they really went for the. That is they good. They really went for the, like yeah. the fun italics in this movie. <laughs> Family friend. Somebody got cast as family friend. <laughs> and now if you press stop on the tape and turn it over, you can hear our lethal weapon. <laughs> any, uh, famous, any, any famous stuntmen we're going to see in this credit? Let me see here. Let's see. Anybody? Anybody recognizable? Uh, uh, no. Now and then you get a couple like, oh, he went on to be like Jason or somebody like that. <laughs> like, yeah. Dick Warlock appears in a lot of 80s yeah, yeah. stuff, and he was yeah. a, uh, he was. Oh, they had a paraglider operator. Wow. Hmm. Swing gang. This song is very, very indicative of the 80s. Yep, yeah. I'm just listening to it now. <laughs> and it even, it even has the title in the song. Bobby Bass. Too bad there wasn't a Lethal Weapon theme song. That's Lethal true. Weapon is just a, like Huey Lewis on the news, jump in. <laughs> 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 Capoeira. Capoeira. Woo. 
jujitsu and jailhouse rock. Yeah. That mullet was created by Ramsey. Ooh, Ramsey. It only goes by one name. That is, that's how, how much of an auteur he is. Yeah, pay extra for your hair when you have it done by one. Hey, hey Milton Burrow was a sound editor on here. Milton, Milton Burrow. Burrow? The Aca- Milton. Burrow. Burrow. Academy, that was the one Academy Award nomination this film got for sound editing, so there you go. Yeah. Tony's Food Service was the caterer. I'm sure they did it, a good it job. It lost to, um, I think, The Last Emperor, I believe. These are quick quick credits because we're already at the song credits. Oh, because credits used to be shorter. Because he got all this. Uh, college, this there's no CGI in this. Yeah, movie. That, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, there's no CGI. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no three over team C's or overseas teams that they have to give credit to. 1987, Warner Brothers. Woo. Donner's talked about that in his um his Superman commentaries, where it's like they having all the like because that we've talked about this on the, on our commentary for Superman, where like they have all the credits like at the beginning. Like there's 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 so much credit, but but John Williams score so right. like goddamn awesome that it's like who cares? Like look how look how awesome the score is. So by the time you get to the you get yeah. time to get to the credits, it's like yeah, all right there yeah. Yeah, those credits were like fifty yeah, it's like seconds. Cast, okay, done. That was more, more like thirty. But... Well, guys, this was we talked a lot about Lethal. This was a blast. This movie flew by. It was a, lot was of a fun. blast. Yeah. Like, that was a great 30-year anniversary. Uh, yeah, in two years we can do Lethal Weapon two. <laughs> I mean, we we really kept it to Lethal Weapon one. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got we got through this. This is a lot of fun though. And I and I and Iron Fist, but mostly Lethal oh, yeah. Weapon one. And, yeah. and a lot of blood cop movies that have come out since, and Predator two. Right. Like I didn't I didn't have to stretch. I didn't have to go to like box office stuff for Lethal. We just tapped into the thing. <laughs> it's an entertaining it movie. It flies by. It's yeah, definitely. Really it's breezy, even though it's like almost two hours long. Well, and there's yeah. a lot to talk about there. Yeah. So. By the way, it was a hit. Obviously, it has three sequels. It grossed sixty-five million back in eighty-seven, which is pretty cool. A worldwide one twenty, and then the sequels uh, went on. Which one do you think made the most uh, theatrically and domestically? Mm, three, three, say three, three. It made three made sure. the most worldwide. Made three hundred three hundred twenty-one really? worldwide. Two made the most. By three million dollars, it made one forty-seven uh, domestic, two twenty-seven worldwide. Again, that's eighty-nine, so that's still you know. One forty-seven and eighty-nine is a that's a ton. Not enough. Not not summer, enough. Summer at eighty-nine was yeah. awesome. Yeah, eighty-nine was. It, yeah, eighty-nine was crazy. Lethal Weapon. Eighty-seven wasn't bad too. Though. Lethal Weapon three, yeah, three twenty-one worldwide, one forty-four domestic, and then Lethal Weapon four uh, went lower, one thirty domestic, and then two eighty-five worldwide. In a crowded summer, if I'm not mistaken, too. In J- July of '98, there's a lot of things going out. And, um, that was uh, that was like the big Asian boom that year for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. It opened with Small Soldiers. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's what a point. It's just... <laughs> they had a good song from uh, Bone Thugs, right? <laughs> yeah. That was Bill Hartman's final movie. Yep. Small Soldiers. Yeah. Bill Hartman. I didn't know that. I love Phil Hartman. Me too. And on that down note, let's uh, <laughs> let's get to let's get to. <laughs> and if you didn't, you're a monster. That's right. Uh, so yeah, that's been our lethal weapon commentary. The movie's still playing because it's giving credit to all the different subtitle options on my Blu-ray. But um, anyway, uh, warning cards. Let's uh, let's get into the plugs here, guys. Jim Dietz, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, com is the home for the DC TV podcast and the Walking Dead TV podcast. And uh, taylornetworkofpodcast.com is the home for the Nothing's On podcast and the Paradigm Shift uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Yoda Jones. Random Peters. 
Uh, yeah, Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Um, <clears throat> CultCinemaCavalcade.com at CC Cavalcade. Our upcoming episode is a movie called Dracula 3000. It stars uh, Casper Van Dien, Erica Laniac, and Coolio. You skipped 2000 so, uh, with Gerard Butler? Get excited. You skipped 2000 with Gerard Butler and uh, Johnny Lee Miller? Straight to 3000. This has no relation to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Abe? Uh, Instagram, Oakley Doakley, Twitter.com slash Walrus Moose. You can follow me at Aaron's PS4. You can find all my writings over at thecodezeek.com. You can find all the other episodes about Now, Third, and Abe on iTunes and Audioboo. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You know all the things you can do. All, the, yeah. all that good stuff. Feel all free to guys. email us at nowpodcast.gmail.com. We'd love to get feedback on these commentaries just because we know you guys like them. But, uh, you know, any suggestions. Yeah, let's see how much you guys love yeah. Lethal Weapon. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week, month's commentary episode. So thanks again, Jim and Brandon, for joining us for this. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks hey. for having me. Always, always a great always. time every month. Yeah. yeah, always a pleasure. Okay, so let's get the flock out of here. And so until next time, so long. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs>